0: And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we learn how to build a dominant real estate team in any market. We've got Jeff Cohn here. We have Bob Wells here. We're going to have a super awesome in-depth conversation about team building, uh, perseverance and tenacity, and uh, building affiliate businesses, understanding your core competency, how to build a business that survives in any market. Man, we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we can get into. Amazing, amazing guests and some awesome content. So first of all, The man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Cohn. Welcome back.
1: Hey, guys. Super Jack. I'm coming off of Explosion 2018, which is an event that's put on for Berkshire Hathaway agents in our hometown of Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Really great content delivered at that event. I was able to speak a few times on a couple different breakouts. Um, about teams and commission splits and retention and uh, we'll talk, probably get into some of these things today it's just amazing when you get in front of big groups of people to hear the type of challenges that they're having right now obviously um, everyone thinks that they can sell real estate so a big challenge is so many a lot of markets have increased in agents by you know 20 30 some of them 50 percent everybody can sell a house right now right? it's easy so we'll get into that a little bit in our dialogue but I'm super excited to introduce our guests so Matt let's dive into that
2: yeah so Bob you're a uh... Obviously, you have a, a team, actually 10 real estate companies in the Pennsylvania, great, you know, kind of that, that state around that area. Um, you're also a podcast host of, of the Get Real podcast. You've got uh, affiliate businesses around your real estate team. So you've got a bunch of stuff going on. Um, just out of curiosity, when people ask you, if they run into you and ask you, what do you do, Bob, how do you explain to other people what you do?
0: <laughs> it's really funny because when I was young, I, I had a, a, uh, a, a wish that I could answer that question with, about what? you know? <laughs> uh, I, I realized that that was short-sighted. Uh, you know, I, I think m- my job is to create opportunity for people uh, and to create positive and lasting change in people. That's really what I see myself doing now. Uh, I, I did not see myself doing that many years ago, but my, my role has evolved like many of our roles do over time and um, i would i would say that that's probably it uh, you know I, I helped to grow our companies through that uh, creation of lasting change in people and then creation of opportunity to retain people
2: love it so we Uh yeah very very cool and uh, so give us an idea take us back just a little bit so people understand some context um, the the business that you started that eventually grew into the team and of course now you've added other real estate companies and things like that but what is the core business and how did that come about
0: yeah, well, I, you know, I have a real estate background in sales, like uh, like most of us. I, I was uh, uh, not a particularly huge producing agent; sold about ten million in volume, about fifty units a year. I was in the process of of building my team beyond that when I had an opportunity to uh, to become a, a leader of a company, and I'd done that before. My background in the Marines kind of gave me some leadership experience. I owned a scuba diving business and some other things, uh, but I was excited about looking at uh, at building a company uh you know it, at first it was a little bit daunting um it was 2004 uh and you know we actually thought we were really good at what we did back then you know in, in 2001 my partners started our first company when i joined um him we we started our third and um 2006 we had seven and everything was just going gangbusters you know and and Uh, we thought it was us, and I have a friend uh, who once said that you can't tell who's swimming naked till the tide goes out. The the tide went out for the global financial crisis, and all of a sudden, you know, we had no shorts, and uh, we we realized we had to do something different. We had to become uh, a better version of ourselves to deliver on the promises we made to a lot of people, you know, and uh, and we started to shift what we thought about leadership, what we thought about team building, and what we thought about opportunity. You know, in in 2003 and four and five, you know, my, my main focus was on profits. That how, that's how I built a team. You know, the the, the projection into the world was we're going to be we're going to be a big profiting company. You could benefit from that, et cetera, et cetera. And when when we saw the market shift in in 2007 and eight, it became more about people for us. You know, we we said, you know, we we've we have some great people, but they need to be developed. And and I think that if we're able to develop people and help them become the best possible version of themselves and help them break through barriers, uh, then we're going to keep those people for a long, long time. And that's what we started to focus on. We went from a, a mission of creating a profit every day to creating positive and lasting change in in people. And and we always have wanted to be and continue to want to be a, a kind of a dynamic multi-office company that if there was world-class talent looking for an opportunity, um, a transformational opportunity, then they'd look for us. And that's kind of driven every decision that we've made along the way in, con- in conjunction with some of the values I think we, we feel are very important. And, um, and that's kind of what brought us to where we are today. And, you know, when I think about team building, uh, Jeff, you know, one of the things that I think is most important, uh, certainly for us and and continues to evolve as we go, go forward is just our vision for what we want to become. Right. You know, I, I, you know, if you want to attract huge talent, you know, you've got to have a vision that's so much bigger than the vision that that talent has for themselves. Your, Your vision has to be big enough to encompass the, the, the vision for every one of the major players in your organization. Right. So what, Certainly, I, I think around seven companies or so, I was speaking to my partners and I said, you know, do we really need to build anything bigger than we have right now for income? Because we, we really didn't. I mean, that was, that was kind of okay. But we said, you know, we wanna, if we want to keep the talent we have and continue to work with great talent, we have to continue to expand our vision for what's possible um, until, until we, we reach the, the outcome that our talent wants. Right, you know? and that's what's driven us from from seven companies back then to ten today, and what continues to drive us to to create opportunities that wrap around Keystone Partners Group. I, I think last year we we closed about two point six billion in in sales. Um, obviously, that that scale of business creates an opportunity to to wrap businesses around it, and those businesses are are, are what we continue to use as attraction, you know, for new talent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why don't let's define a few of the businesses you wrapped around it. I think that'd be an interesting conversation. And I'm assuming you're speaking to ancillary services like title, maybe insurance, maybe mortgage.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, we used to, we used to use, um, uh, we used to have our own JV and mortgage, not, not possible anymore. So Mm. what we do now, instead of having a JV and mortgage is we, we, marketing service agreements, we drive that money into the profits of the company. We're a profit-sharing company, so we profit-share that back out that way. Yeah. Uh, we have a title company that's based on ownership of uh, or, or volume of business. When they buy into the title company, that generates a good passive income. Uh, clearly, insurance is a, is an awesome opportunity. Uh, we, yeah. we have a, a home and auto insurance company that that we've integrated into all of our companies that uh, I think is uh, has some tremendous potential. You know, it's a residual based business. Mm-hmm. It's uh, recession. It's it's sheltered from recession in in quite a few ways. Sure. Um, and you know some of the other opportunities, Jeff, that that we we continue to look at and continue to to capitalize on are our syndicated commercial stuff. You know, we we have ten companies. Every opportunity that we have, we buy a commercial yep. building. And we allow our, our mega agents to, to be part of that syndication so that yep. we're partners in multiple businesses.
1: Sure. Yeah. So back, backing up a little bit, because 99% of our audience's minds have now been blown. Um, you start dropping billion anywhere in a sentence. It's pretty impressive, not to mention 3 billion in overall sales volume. So help us get to where you are right now. How did you continue to grow as a, a human being to allow your mindset to continually shift to play as big as you play today? And a double question, did you ever think you'd be where you are today?
0: Uh, the question is, is yes, I, I, I did think I would be where I am today, uh, but not through the vehicle that I found. Mm. <laughs> you know? uh, I remember uh, when I was younger, uh, running, running long distances, telling myself that I was going to generate $72,000 a month in passive income. And at this time, I was quite young, and I and I and I had the thought of being a, a network marketing uh, professional, which which I did for five years. It didn't quite go where I wanted it to go, but uh, I certainly learned a lot. You know, I learned how mm. to accept rejection, uh, a lot of rejection. I remember Jeff walking around New York City telling people that that we were launching a brand new division of a five hundred million dollar company, looking for a brand new. You know, it's still right. in my head today. What doesn't right. kill you makes you stronger, right? But uh, in my head, that that number is something I ran to all the time, and and that number drove me to continue to look for vehicles that would eventually drive me toward that. But, uh, you know, I got involved in in, in 2004.
1: Can I pause you for a second? Yeah, sure, sure. So I want to show you guys a pattern. He had a number, right? We call it BHAG, Big Hairy Audacious Goal. There was a number you wanted to get to, and so you continually were driven to find solutions To get to that point, and you said the very vehicle that's gotten you there was something you had never probably considered when you defined the number. I think people are scared to come up with their number. I think if they come up with the number and don't hit it, they fail. So you weren't scared that you weren't scared to define the number. What would have happened? I'm assuming you're making more than that now. Maybe you're not. I'm not.
0: I'm I'm, I'm generating about about sixty two thousand a month. Okay. So.
1: So, are you still wanting to sacrifice and grind to get to it, or are you satisfied with where you're yeah, at today? I,
0: I don't think I have to grind to get to it. I, I think I think I'm kind of in a momentum curve that'll that'll run itself uh, pretty much at this point, Jeff. But I'm not I'm not saying that to impress anybody, but it impresses no. me because I got to tell you when, you, when you look back and you think about the times that you were you were drilling that into your subconscious mind, I think that most of the time, consciously, you're not believing it's true. Right. I think uh, most of the time you're you're saying, yeah, that's bullshit. You know, but if you say it enough, it gets it gets planted in your subconscious mind, and then you start making decisions, whether consciously or unconsciously, that move you in that direction. And I think that's right. important for anybody to understand.
1: Awesome. So from a mindset standpoint, what were some of your practices in improving yourself, not just within the business accolade, but also in other areas of your life to help you be more well-rounded? That's where a lot of our yeah. listeners get a lot of value out of these. It's not always deep diving into the business aspect. You're so much further along than a lot of us, obviously myself included, from a business standpoint. I want to learn about the man you've become to be able to execute on what you've executed so that I can follow some of the patterns you have implemented in your life.
0: Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm a human, you know, so <laughs> I, I, constantly, I constantly question um Myself, even though I program myself uh, pretty effectively not to do that, I still question myself like everyone else. You know, uh, am I am I am I good enough? You know,
2: mm-hmm. and if if somebody's well, not
0: asking that question, I think they're an alien. You know.
2: Well, I, when, I when you say you program yourself, can you please go a little deeper on that? Because I think that would be extremely helpful.
0: Yeah, in 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 2006, when the market started to shift a little, and especially in 2007 when it shifted pretty hard. Uh, one of the one of the things that uh, my my partners and I did say, you know, we've got to do something. You know, we're the ones that every day are inspiring other people. We're the ones that are giving people hope. We're the ones that are creating a vision where there is no vision apparent, uh, where everything seems to be going down. We're the ones saying it's going to go up. But eventually, you know, you, you'll you, you run out of gas. You, you need to get charged up yourself, and and you have you have to wrap yourself uh, with people that are inspiring with people that believe in you with people that with people that will charge you up so that you can right. take that and, and push it down through the through the masses so we uh, we went i remember we went to a tony robbins event it was incredible so cool we had to unleash the power within and we walked on fire and we said wow this is pretty cool um this is an opportunity to get ourselves fired up where where we don't have that opportunity very often uh, and i remember uh, Mike Campo and I after that went out to Vegas to a program called business Mastery and we went twice to that we went to a couple of other events uh, specifically Tony events which I thought were really effective date with destiny um, wealth mastery life Mastery all of those helped us work on who we were you know and I, and I think people hear this but I don't think people understand it you know your business will grow to the extent that you do and when you when you focus entirely on trying to grow your business without growing yourself as a person then that's unsustainable
1: and, i love and it. It, and it, it jim you know, jim Rohn said our success will never exceed our own personal development and oftentimes we go. come in co- contact with clients and they'll say oh, i'm just stuck at this point in my business i can't get any bigger and i'll say well what are you doing to become a bigger leader you know what are you doing to become a bigger husband a bigger me- um you know bigger me- meditator a bigger physical th- therapist whatever the thing is that they need to focus their time and attention on to show up in other areas and see results. So I love it. I yeah. love that mindset. Now, that's tiring, right? I mean, why haven't you said you kind of you are self-actualized and can look at yourself every day and reevaluate and you're still not where you want to be, but you see the vehicle you've created is getting you there. I think for a lot of us, and I'll speak to my own experience, I got to a point in the individual sales realm where I was making 350 grand a year at 30 years old. Income that was unheard of at the time in my marketplace. No one's making money like that in my family. It was way more than anyone in my family made. But there was something inside of me that wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. It wasn't just about the money, right? Gary Keller in the, uh, I think one of his books, The One Thing Maybe It Says, or MREA, says it's not just about the money, it's about becoming the best person that we can become. Sometimes the money's the scorekeeper, you know, to help continue to drive us to do more. And I think that that's probably for you, I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but that number for you is just a scorekeeper. If you never hit that, I think you could lie down on your last days and say, I'm satisfied, I'm happy with what I've accomplished. Would you agree?
0: I would agree completely. I could, uh, you know. I, sometimes you hear successful people say that, "Wow, if I if I lost everything, I would just make it again." And you know, I, I never understood that when I was younger, but now I think I do. You know, it's you know, when you build yourself, when you, when you build who you are, the money is is you know that's that's you know. I, Keith Cunningham is one of my heroes. If you never heard of Keith, he wrote a book called "The The Road Less Stupid" and a couple other really Interesting books. But he's the kind of guy who lost 100 million bucks and then made it again. And and um, and I think it's when you when you hear from people who've made a lot of money and lost it, you get a different perspective on on money and and capacity and capability and self-worth. And I think we have to be very careful not to attach our self-worth to to a dollar value. Uh, That's that's why really successful people commit suicide you know, <laughs> because they lose their money and all of a sudden their, 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 uh, identities attached to that.
1: Yep. They commit themselves to that's who they are. Um, a great yeah. book, you guys, I know I've brought it up in the past. I'd love to know if you've read it is the, the, the top five regrets of the dying. Ultimately someone you know, that works in, are you familiar with it?
0: I, I am familiar with it. And my wife has it in the house here somewhere. But I have If you guys,
1: if, if people listening can listen to this, I don't care if you're 90 or 19. I mean, It'll have a greater impact on your life if you read it when you're younger. I read it in my mid-20s, but it was very eye-opening because essentially they take the perspective of someone that works in hospice, a real person. She wrote this book. She listened to hundreds of people the last couple weeks of their lives talk to her about what they regretted. And no one said, I regret not building my million-dollar or billion-dollar company. People regretted working too much and not spending time with their family and not doing all these things. So what I think happens when when people lose their wealth I think they've sacrificed all the things that truly bring value and bring happiness to people. They sacrifice those things to build their business. So when their business goes away, none of those other components of their life are there to hold them up. And that's why they choose to take their life. So I would submit to everyone as we're on this journey, be willing to continue to put time and energy. It doesn't have to be equal time and energy, but always place your time and energy in the things that matter more. The money's a vehicle to lead and live a life of your dreams. The money in and of itself shouldn't be the dream. And I think you'd agree with me
0: yeah you know I, I I would and you know I think as leadership when we're building a team we're setting an example right where um, people do what you do, not what you say and and they follow an example so if if we focused only on business to the to the expense of the the other parts of our lives that are really as important or more important, then those parts of our lives begin to deteriorate and mm-hmm. You know, if your health deteriorates, your business deteriorates. If your relationship deteriorates, your business deteriorates. You know, if your spirituality deteriorates, your business deteriorates. You can't tear these different parts of our life apart. They're really, they're really self-supportive or mutually supportive. So, you know, one of the things that that I've always done, um, Jeff, is is when I set my goals for the year, which is is a very unique way. I look at every area of my life, and I, I break my life into eight areas, and I have a vision for each area of my life, an ultimate vision. Mm-hmm. I want to have a one one goal this year, that if I accomplish that goal this year, I'm either maintaining progress toward that vision or moving forward. The one and then thing. I have one habit. Right. Well, I have yeah. one habit, one you habit gotta, that has to support the one. You thing, have to
1: tell us the business. eight things now. So I, I always have to ask the questions. I don't know if you feel this way on your podcast, but if I have a question in my mind, I'm like, everyone else has it you got to tell us the category. <laughs> so I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. But what are the sure, main no, eight no, categories?
0: No, not at all. Uh, number one is health and fitness because if you don't have that, where are you going to live? Uh, <laughs> other than that, it's emotion and meaning. Because Ooh. regardless of how well you do in your life, if you can attach a meaning to any uh, an emotion to any meaning in your life, you're way ahead of the game. Relationships is also really key important to me. Time. Uh, is important. My career is important. My personal finance is important. Uh, my celebration and, and, uh, and spirituality is also really important too. Uh, and, I, and, and I should say contribution is like number nine because spirituality isn't actually on of the eight is not on the, on my, my goal, but it's, it's a key part. So it, it would be kind of eight plus one is, is nine. But you know, if you have a, a vision for each area of your life, and you keep that in, in in mind year after year after year. Every year, you're not only going to move forward in business, but you're going to set an example in every other area of your life. And people want to be part of that. You know, we're people want to be in business with people, right? We're, we're not. There's no such thing as going into business with a company. You know, right. we, we we go into business with people. And, and if we set the example for the for the talent that we want to attract to build an amazing team, they want to be up. They want to be in business with the right people. And and they're going to use that as a as a as a gauge to make that decision.
2: Sure, love it. Very cool.
1: Matt, we have so much here we could go for and I think we have like maybe 10 or 15 minutes left. (laughs) So as we formulate which direction we'd like to take this, I'd like to remind everyone, we host a monthly workshop in Omaha, the team building workshop. Uh, it's an all-day event. We deep dive into all the main pillars of building and scaling a successful business from an individual agent's perspective all the way up to a broker owner's perspective. We would love to invite you to come out. If you'd like to come out as a, our guest today for free to Omaha, I'm sure you could teach the entire course. We'd love to have you here if you'd like to join us. Uh, but normally, it's it's typically $29.97 for this course um, there are some discounts we throw out there intermittently. I don't believe we have any discounts yet for this upcoming event. We try to keep the groups under 10. Most of the time, we have about 5 to 10 people that join us. Uh, we just had one on Monday, uh, which was had about 25 people that came out. It was for Berkshire Hathaway specifically. But I know we have a date. I think it's October 22nd and then another one on November 12th. So if you'd like to check out more information about the workshop, we have all the information on our website, EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Click on Workshops. And then, Matt, a little plug on the podcast, if you will. Yeah, what absolutely. are people supposed to do if they find value in this episode and any other? <laughs>
2: uh, well, first thing is go to iTunes, leave us a, a thoughtful rating and a review. And especially if you enjoyed a particular episode like Bob's, make sure to call him out in the review and publicly thank him for giving his time and let us know kind of what episode you enjoyed the most. You can always get the episodes uh, and all the previous episodes and videos, whatever form you want, EliteRealEstateSystems.com on the podcast page, or just go straight to your favorite you know, app like podcast apps or um, iTunes, Stitcher, all those good ones. So that is how you get the podcast and stay connected. So, Bob, let's finish with, uh, with this, and I, I know we'll have some probably follow-up questions to this, but uh, we've talked a lot about personal development as it applies to us as the leader. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the people side of it, retention, because I have a feeling, you know, we talked about this a little bit beforehand before we went live, where you mentioned that the way that you have retained people has changed, and I'm guessing yeah. it's probably been a shift to helping them personally develop. But I'd love for you to speak to a little bit about what that actually looks like on a practical level, how you build that into the rhythm and the flow of the business.
0: Well, you know, I think retention, first of all, starts in the hiring process. And and there's two parts of the hiring process that I think people ignore that I think are super important. Uh, One is just clear mutual expectations, you know, mutual expectations that are crystal. So they know exactly what you expect of them and you know exactly what they expect of you. Uh, and this conversation could be two hours, three hours. And this isn't about a job description. How do you communicate? You know how how do you uh, how do you deal with difficult situations? You know how, you know what do you expect of them? Like I, I expect all of my leadership to walk on fire and go anywhere that they have to go, that I feel they have to go in order to be the leader that they need to be for their team.
1: So was this Maybe metaphoric like fire, or are you wanting no, them to it's, go no, to it's real fire. The Tony yeah. Robbins
0: Every, event? Everybody walks on fire, you know, because if they're not, if they're afraid to get out of their box and do things they think is impossible, they're really not right for our organization because they're not growth focused, right? Love they're, it. Not, they're, you know, so we get that right out, out in front. You know? And um, and another part of, of the, the visioning process or the hiring process that I like is future visioning. You know to sit down with somebody a, on a whiteboard and find out exactly what they want in their life in one year, three years, and, and ten years in their in their career and in their personal finance and two other areas of their life that's really important to them. I want to be able to look at that constantly uh, during my relationship with them and and say, first of all, can can the role that I'm I, I want to be in business with them with is that role going to get them where they want to go? Is it is it capable of getting them where they want to go? And on an ongoing. Uh, in an ongoing way, am, am I making sure we're making progress toward it? because if we're not, eventually they're going to go somewhere that will. right. so yeah. I, and I, and I think retention is just helping them get to exactly where they want to go and reevaluating that target over time to make sure they're on a path that they're excited about because you know people don't leave your organization when they're happy and progress equals happiness. right. So as long as they're making progress in the right direction for them, then you're gonna make you're going to retain those those folks and and I think the creation of opportunity is is wrapped around that. First you have to know what they want, and then you have to say, okay, how am I gonna do it and how am I gonna help them get it? In many cases what people want is gonna be is gonna be driven by money, you know. So you know, we, we're constantly looking for ways to to add to that. One of the things, uh, Jeff, we recently are starting to look at really seriously is residential syndication and we, we've syndicated four commercial buildings and allowed our partners to be owners in our buildings. Right. So we'd like to do that with the remaining six, but that's not always a possibility, and it certainly doesn't open up the amount of opportunity for 1,600 agents. Right. So We're looking more and more now at, at syndicating a larger-scale larger, larger scale residential projects inside our own organization and, and giving people opportunities to, to invest in things like that. And I think people are, even if they're not in a position to capitalize on on, a, on an investment like that, just the fact that we've created the opportunity and opened the door for them to do it means so much to people, right? So, that's awesome. Uh, I think that's important. Just to, just consistently looking for ways to do that, and and I think consulting is a big issue too. I, I think it's it's way too prevalent in our in our world that you put somebody in a role and you just don't talk to them. Right. You, know, you just expect them to continue to do the role, and they don't have a specific goal. They don't have scoreboards sure. on the wall. There's no lead measures that you're looking at every right. day and helping them get through that. And there's no lag measures either. So without right. that, you know, you know, really the best that could happen is they're either they're either super successful because they've got this huge entrepreneurial talent or you end up letting them go because you never developed them to the people that they could have been because they never right. knew what that was. They never knew what they were supposed to really do. Sure. And, uh, and I, I think we could we could solve a lot of our problems by just creating a framework for that consultation and talking to people all the time.
2: Sure. Love it.
1: I'm curious, um, from a pattern standpoint, you've built all these successful businesses and have gotten into all these different things, and you've obviously made tons of mistakes and failed, just like all of us, so many times and overcome those failures. What would you give our audiences, maybe two or three strategies or patterns you've seen in your failures and how you've overcome them? What would be some mindset ideas? because. You know, I think people get so discouraged, they decide to leave the Rainmaker model to start a CEO team, meaning they exit the day-to-day grind to build a business, and they try to do it, and they try to do it, but they never fully do it, or they do fully do it, and they fall on their face and think it's not possible. Mm-hmm. How could you, what yes. are some patterns you could maybe teach us about that?
0: First of all, I think it's really important that you're you're in business with the right people and the right roles. Uh, I think there's three people that need to be part of ownership in a company if it's going to really become hugely successful. You need the entrepreneurial leader, the people that take the risk, get out, lose all their money, and do it again. You know, Some people right. love that. I, I do not. You know, you need a managerial leader. Uh, I'm an operator. I take something that's failing and, and bring it to super success and, mm-hmm. and move on and do it again. And you need the talented producer. You need the artist, right? But what yeah. the mistake is that the entrepreneurial leader keeps all the ownership. They hire the managerial leader and the talent, and those people don't have enough opportunity to get to where they want in their life, and eventually that entrepreneurial leader is suffering for super talent around them on a long-term basis. So I think that's probably one of the things I would suggest for people is really consider involving more people in, in your ownership. You know, From, from our I like perspective, I, my, one of my partners, Mike Campo, what Mike does is he opens stuff. He, he creates things from nothing, and that's what he does. He's an incredible entrepreneur. Sean Morrow is a, is an incredible operator, huge recruiter, uh, super talent with respect to operations. That's kind of what I do. Uh, my, my Usha Patel is uh, is is on the productivity side, and she's world class. We have uh, a a financial person that's responsible for the finances of all of our company. They overlook that, and we've uh, we've got another partner, Tony Caracasa that is, uh, does the stuff that none of us understand, everything from E&O insurance to, to negotiation of leases to all the stuff that has to happen. But we're, we're so, uh, you know, Usha Patel and, and Karen Shive are the other two uh, of, our, of our partners. And together, we're very compartmentalized. We do what we do best. We forget about the other things and let other people do what they do best. And we end up actually loving what we do because we're not doing things that are outside our core competency. And I right. think that's very easy to do too. We try to do too much and we try yeah. to do all the things that really make us become jaded over time and we're not having any fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's and it's hard to be an inspiration when you're not having any fun, you know? So, do what you do Hello. best, stay in your passion, find other people to do the things outside your passion, create opportunity and ownership and passive income for those people so that they see a future for themselves also. And you end up, uh, you know, with a, with an outcome where everybody's really, really happy that they went into business together. And the outcome is what everybody actually expected, which comes back to mutual expectations.
2: Sure.
1: Hey, switching gears a second before we wrap up, um, share with our audience where you are right now, just because your background for those. Obviously, a lot of people listen to this on a, a iPod or um on Apple or on Stitcher, but for for, for those that are watching it That's live, right. which we have a huge audience today, thank you guys for joining us live, um, as well as those that watch the recordings on YouTube. You're in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Like, what's going on here?
0: Yeah, this this is actually my <laughs> this is my home. <laughs> when I when I honestly, Jeff, when I sold real estate, you know, it, it was like I was in houses with drywall all day, and I felt like I was back at work. So um i i had some clients once they were from new york wanted to see this log cabin so they didn't show up so i called Mm -hmm. my wife and i said you want to go see this thing and she said sure we came and see it saw it and she hated it so we bought it and
1: (laughs) (laughs) does she live there with you or did you guys decide to do his and her Um, houses
0: (laughs) we've been married for 30 years she loves it now it just was pretty disgusting when we bought it but it had good bones and, and we really love it but it's it um it allows us to kind of escape, and uh, and I think if you could live in a log cabin and get away with it, by all means, jump in.
2: Absolutely,
1: <laughs> you make a awesome. ton of money, and you deserve to share with our audience. Maybe the top two or three things that money has done for you.
0: It's given me options, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. It's given me the ability to write a list of what I what I um, love to do and what I don't love to do, and just not do the things I don't love to do anymore. Yep. Right, and and. And, you know, when you're when you're working in your passion, you're not working right. You're just you're just having fun. Right. And at the beginning of the show, it was like, what do you do? And, and my thought was, well, about what? Now, it's <laughs> what do you do? And, and the answer is whatever I really want to do. I love it. Yeah. People, people all the time really will call really me or do. reach
1: out to me. They'll say, Jeff, I know you're super busy, but like to be talking a million miles an hour, just like me. And I'll stop them and I'll say, I'm not busy at all. I'm actually laying by my pool. Or I'm in my hot yeah. tub or whatever. Like, I don't want to live in a life where I'm so busy that I can't give people five minutes of my, my time. So I really like that yeah. mindset. And
0: mm-hmm. I don't want to live a life where my leadership looks at my life and says, I don't want that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. Excellent. So what's I, the last question that will be one, one of the last question I want to ask you, which I think is kind of fun. And I know I don't usually do this, but I want to start doing more of this. <laughs> what's the one monetary item you've purchased now that you have the wealth you have? that you feel guilty about or you thought you'd feel guilty
2: about.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, you know I I, <laughs> I I live way below my my means, but the thing that I feel guilty about is my is my traveling. Okay. I and mean, I travel all over the world. I uh, you know, I take my family with me. We're going to we're going to Portugal, Morocco, Tenerife, South Africa, Zimbabwe, um, Curaçao. This is just in the next couple of months.
2: That's so,
1: awesome. You
0: know, you <laughs> so I feel well, you know, I feel a little guilty about it, but I, I, I don't because it's important that um, people that are, are looking at the track that I followed and want to follow that path within our organization understand that they can do that, too.
1: Right. Yeah. What that, trip have you gone on that you regret going on?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: wow. Well. I'm looking for your answer to be none, right? Like. I, yeah, we just got I, back from South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia,
0: kind of, and kind of it's a thirty thousand dollar <laughs> trip.
1: I thought I was going to be like, yeah. "Holy crap!" I could have bought like two rental properties, but you can't look at everything yeah. that way. You have to think about the experiences that you're buying. My mom always yeah. said, "Smell the rose." You know, you have to stop to smell the roses. So yeah. give yourself you that me, once in a while. You, you saw guys. me
0: look off into the distance, saying, "Hell, I don't know." Yeah, there's not yeah, a good one, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I really would have to. I would have to say that that's that's true. I don't regret any experience in my life.
1: Hey, so other than people giving you a shout out um, on this podcast episode on iTunes, please go out and review this five-star and give a shout out to you. How does someone reach out if they want to ask you for any follow-up questions to this episode or find out more about your syndication deals, both in the residential yeah. and commercial space or your brokerage expansion?
0: Yeah. First of all, I, I, I would suggest they go to our uh, our, our site, which is um, kpgrocks.com. kpgrocks.com. Um, a lot of cool stuff there. there's a lot of there's some interviews on a, on a show called On Point, which interviews myself and my partners about how we think and how we act, how we interact with other people, mm-hmm. and they get a lot of things that they didn't get from this podcast about about some of the things that I do and my partners do that would be really beneficial in their business. So uh, the this On is Point the other po- this is your good. podcast. Well, the, yeah, it's it's actually uh, I don't do that. Mine is called the Get Real Show, where I interview mega agents. Video podcast that's available right on online. Right. And uh, for people who want to understand why, you know, what agents do, some other options, uh, that would be a great place, too. Um, but uh, my, my emails, uh, w, uh, K, uh, what is it? Bob Wells <laughs> at KW.com.
1: OK. KW. And Whiskey, what book Bob have go. you written that we can send people to Amazon to purchase? Haven't, haven't written any books okay. yet. OK, here it is, baby. I challenge you to write one. Matt just finished his book. I don't know if you're shamelessly plugging Where? that yet, Matt. No, I would I also, it. I also what is
0: would it, Matt? Plan- because I got to read it.
1: <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Now we have to edit it. But I also yeah, exactly. would like to write a book about team building and expansion. But I, you have so much wealth and knowledge. You've done so many things, and I really have enjoyed this interview today. I would love you to write a book. I think you can. You're in a cabin in the woods. You're in the perfect setting. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this thing, man. <laughs> it's it's pending. It's pending. Pending. <laughs> pending book. Awesome.
1: I love it. Jeff. How do we purchase the pending book?
0: <laughs> Jeff uh, and Matt, it's been my pleasure to be here with you guys. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm yeah. hoping that some people that are in your audience got a lot of value today.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Speaking of the audience, thank you guys so much. Anybody that was watching here with us live, make sure you join us. We're at the same time every Wednesday at uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 Central. And then you can always grab the uh, the replays on the website, leadrealestatesystems.com, iTunes, Stitcher, all the usual places. So until the next time, we will see you and we'll see you next week.